0: Uh, 28 years ago, this next month, Javonda and I were standing over in what you call the garage at what was then called, nicknamed Cornfield Christian Church, because it was out in the middle of nowhere. There was nothing else around, except the farm down the road here. And uh, the elders and the congregation laid hands on us and sent us out as missionaries as our sponsoring church. And we thank you so much for that support and your partnership and prayers over the years. It's been such a blessing. And so I want to give you a little, uh, we, we've got a short period of time, and yet just to fly from Chicago to Tokyo is 12 and a half hours, so we got a lot of ground to cover, a lot of air time to get, get going here. But I just uh, wanted to tell you, one of our pastors in San Diego, a good friend a number of years ago, introduced me as the head of World Changers, a, a mutual fund of missions. And so the slides you're going to see will help you to understand a little bit of who we are and what we do and what, we're, what we feel God has called us to do, and, and you've, you're a part of that. First slide is, uh, in the beginning is what we're going to talk about today. And from the beginning, God has had a plan for His church and for us as His followers. And so let me give you a little tour around the world quickly of some of the things we're doing. microenterprise farming. Uh, One of the biggest projects we have had and one of the most successful is a project in Nepal of helping uh, leaders there to start micro-enterprise farming projects, co-ops, basically. And one of our good friends and a member here who's gone to be with the Lord, Warren Huddleston, gave that first gift of about $25,000 to buy the property there and begin that project, and it's flourished today. Uh, we like to say, now serving over one million chickens. You know, we're not McDonald's, but we've we've raised over a million chickens now uh, through those farm co-ops. Last year alone, over a thousand hogs just in Kathmandu Valley, and so it's it's quite a privilege to be a part of this, helping poor leaders become independent and self-sustaining. This is our 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 largest project in Thailand, Uh, about 15 years ago, we gave this couple uh, the largest loan we'd ever given, $5,000, to start a micro-business enterprise. Today, they have a coffee shop here in Bangkok. They have a plantation in Myanmar. They have a jewelry factory. They, They have over 100 employees at all of those projects on the plantation. They have a church and an orphanage or a children's home, a school, basically, for the kids there. And uh, so that Christian micro business enterprise now gives uh, 100 plus families an opportunity to have a sustainable job and income. Uh, part of what we have to do is build relationships. This is a Muslim cafe at a little greengrocer market, and in, in, actually, it's fairly large. It's probably as big as this whole church campus. Uh, uh, and, and on the side is this little area where they. Uh, some of the people have set up little cafes, and this is the largest cafe owned by a little Muslim man and his family. And so when I'm there, I go there for my language lesson every morning for coffee and for eggs and, and roti. She's making a pancake there uh, that's called roti with eggs in it. And uh, they, when I was there in, in March, the first thing, the, he, the little Muslim fellow comes running to me. He can't speak any English, but he knew enough to say, where mama, where mama? What's wrong with Papa? You know, he's here. You know, she, she gets, she's a teacher at an alternative high school in South City, St. Louis, and so uh, Javonda only gets to travel with me in the summer. But part of what we do is go in, sit down, try to learn the language, try to help them with a little language, and to explain to them why we're there and what we're doing and how we're trying to help their community and listen to what they are telling us are some of the needs of their community. Nepal Bible College, Windsor Road is the largest supporting church that has helped Nepal Bible College over the last 20 years. 1,500 plus students, over 500 graduates, over 500 churches throughout the country of Nepal have been planted thanks to Windsor Road's giving to the Bible College and sending these young men and women out to lead in their communities and their villages and their cities. So thank you, Windsor Road, for sticking with us for believing in us and believing in them because they've made a huge difference. When I first went to Nepal in 93, there were about 25,000 Christians that we could, could pretty much think that that's the reality. Three churches in Kathmandu Valley. Today there's over 300 churches in Kathmandu Valley. Uh, the, the fellowship alone there has over 1,000 churches now in, in that fellowship of, of churches. So thank you. Loving the Abandoned. You know, people, adults, kids, nobody will listen to you and your story about who Jesus is and if they're hungry. And so you have to feed them, and you have to love them, and you have to provide the school uniforms and the backpacks if you want these kids to grow up and have an opportunity to change their lives. And this is what is going on here, feeding these kids uh, and then trying to feed them the gospel as well. <clears throat> After the tsunami in Thailand a uh, little over 10 years ago, this little boy, four days after the tsunami, has gathered up what he can call his own. He's lost his house, his parents, his brothers, his sisters, and he's alone, lost, lonely, abandoned, and forgotten. And you can just tell by the, the picture, the impact of how he's he just, what do I do, where do I go, where do I start, what's happened, You he's know, still in shock. And the forgotten, there are many of them around the world. And we're sometimes too busy to think about them. And sometimes it, we don't want to think about it. You know, it's kind of negative, you know, these poor little kids and, and, and going into slavery and the sex trade and so forth. But the reality is unless we think about it, pray about it, do something about it, it won't change on its own. <clears throat> Next, yeah. And this House of Grace, the HIV AIDS Orphanage, this was the first orphanage for HIV AIDS orphans in Thailand, started 16 years ago. About 14 years ago, we gave them a loan or a gift, actually it was, to build their first building. It had been in the pastor's house up until that point. And I was just there in March when I was able to see one of the babies that was taken in 16 years ago. He's now 16. He's been in school. He's survived which is amazing in itself. But what's more amazing is that he has now been given the opportunity to be an intern at 7-Eleven. And 7-Eleven is making internships available for HIV AIDS kids and we're so thankful for their partnership with what we're, we're doing there and trying to teach them, give them some skills and help them. And so these are some of the kids that I see each time I'm there. These are some of the girls that were taken in either, either as babies or small, small children um, <clears throat> at House of Grace over the last 16 years. And a couple of years ago when I was there, I took this picture. These, these girls have now gone on to technical school, to college. They have businesses. They have families. They're all on their own. But they come back to the little church that meets at House of Grace every Sunday morning. They have lunch with all the other kids, and then they spend the afternoon teaching them English to help give them an opportunity to move on. So they were rescued themselves and brought to the orphanage. They've been redeemed both for God and for mankind. And now they themselves have become rescuers, helping others, helping the little ones that they, they had to leave because of their jobs, their, we, their marriage, and so forth. So rescued, redeemed, and now rescuers themselves. Being hope, help, and healing is what we've tried to do the last 30 years and water wells is one of those ways, especially in Nepal where clean water is needed and uh, it costs about five to $7,000 to, to drill a new well. And it does bring hope, help, and healing to, to those villages. Uh, this is, uh, next slide. This is our 30th anniversary year. Uh, and we, I forgot to say a couple of things in the first service and people asked me about the one especially. As of, May, as of March 30th, I'm one year cancer free from liposarcoma. And so, thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your encouragement. I still have another year of three month checkups, uh, CAT scan, MRI, labs, and meeting with the specialists at WashU Barnes Jewish in St. Louis. And um, hopefully, in another year, they'll. They'll say we can back off on some of those, but it's a pretty aggressive form of cancer. And the cancer part, I'm doing well, but the radiation is like a pain in the, you know, I can't say it, but, you know, this thing right here on the right cheek is missing, and part of it's missing. So Javonda walks behind me pulling my pants up to keep them from falling off often. You should, could you come up here, honey, right now? I need. <laughs> Anyway, thank you. But one of the other blessings I forgot to mention was that we've had three donors step up and say we want to give. It started with thirty thousand. It's grown now to sixty thousand as a thirty thousand uh, matching fund gift. Now it's up to sixty, and we're hoping that will increase. And so, anything you give between now and December thirty-first will go towards that matching fund. And we already have a request from Nepal for over a hundred thousand of that. If we can raise the the, what we would hope is around 300,000 total, and uh, already from Nepal or from Thailand, a request of about 80,000. So we've got a long way to go, but we trust God and know He's going to provide as He always has. The sermon today is uh, on the idea of mission. Where, why missions? Why do we do missions anyway? Well, it was from the beginning that God had this plan. And if you read Genesis uh, chapter 1, you can see that and understand that he did have a plan from the beginning, and the plan included the master. The master plan included the master, Jesus Christ, our our Lord. And so that um, is uh, where we're going to start with God's plan from the beginning, but not with Genesis chapter 1. We're going to jump to Genesis chapter 12. And this is what. We see there in the scriptures. The Lord said to Abram, leave your country, your family, and your relatives and go to the land that I will show you. I will bless you and make your descendants into a great nation. You will become famous and be a blessing to others. I will bless anyone who blesses you, but I will put a curse on anyone who puts a curse on you. Everyone on earth will be blessed because of you. Now, already if I've said something that you're interested in or you want to find out more about, there just so I don't forget lunch at 1215 in the garage, and on the table back there at our display are these new brochures that just came out this week, which will tell you a little bit more about our Mission Mutual Fund and what we do. But the reason we do what we do is partially here found in in Genesis 12. The Lord said to Abram, and what you have to understand is that this he was speaking about Israel, but the church is the new Israel. We are the new Israel. We are the Israel that we are the descendants of Abraham. And so we have this call on our lives, uh, collectively and individually, to go serve the world. He says to Abraham, Leave your country. Now, that leave your country part's kind of hard. I had a guy go with me right after the tsunami. We went to Nepal to the Christian Workers' Conference in February, and then we went to Nepal. Uh, or Thailand to work after the 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 disaster there and um, there was was a team there were five of us but this guy from the moment we drove out of the airport in Kathmandu until we got back to the airport and on the plane going back to Thailand locked himself in the guest house and would not come out and I said Tim what's going on he said Well, it's, it's just things smell here really I mean what'd you think you know, when you knew you were coming to Nepal, how did you miss that things wouldn't smell? I mean, you saw the pictures of the slums. You saw the picture of people eating outside. You saw the open sewers. You know, I mean, well, it just bothers me. And uh, everything yellow bothers me. You know, I don't like curry. And I just, He said, everything they serve is curry. No, it's not. It's turmeric. It's got some turmeric in it, but maybe it has curry, but not usually. Curry is not a... A spice necessarily, it's a dish, it's a side dish, uh, or typically that goes with rice. And so he was like, I, whatever it is, I, I can't handle it. I just, and so he learned the lesson the wrong way. He got there, and you want to find out before you go that you don't like the curry or you don't like the smell or whatever, because he was useless for five days until we got to Thailand. So leave your country. My friend George Verwer in London wrote the book entitled. Beyond Getting out of your comfort zone, and most of us are so comfortable in our life and our culture and our, you know, we've compartmentalized, it seems like, a little too much, uh, and so uh, we, we, it's, it's hard for us to break out of the pattern of, of doing some things that should come naturally to God's children and His family. Uh, leave your family, you, leave your relatives, go to the land that I will show you. Uh, it's It's difficult to go and leave family and leave friends and leave what's familiar in our country, and our culture. But he says, I, I, go and I will take you to the land that I'm going to show you. I will bless you and make your descendants into a great nation, which was the first Israel, the church, the second Israel. And so we are that great nation. We are the, the descendants of Abraham are everywhere. We're around the world. You will become famous and be a blessing to others. I will bless anyone who blesses you, but I will put a curse on anyone who puts a curse on you. That was a kind of a a reinforcement by saying, wherever you go, don't worry. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to take care of you. Everything's going to be okay. Hygiene may not be what you're up to. Hospitals may not be exactly what you thought, but I'll take care of you. And he always has, and he always will. And he says, reminding them again, he he repeated it, repeated it, repeated it. Everyone on earth will be blessed because of you. Well, if you can't get it in this passage, there are many other passages. But this is at the beginning of the God story. He was saying from the beginning, in the beginning, it's all been my plan to redeem mankind. And everyone on earth will be blessed through us. We're blessed, we are the descendants of Abraham, and we are blessed for a reason. We are commissioned by God. We're called by God. We're blessed by God. And why are we blessed? To sit back and enjoy it? Well, we could a little, I suppose. But the bottom line is, we're blessed to bless others. That's what he told Abram. That's what he's telling us. We are blessed to bless others. We are Abraham's descendants, and we are a blessing, hopefully. And one of our board members was telling me a few weeks ago, I was out and spoke at a church in San Diego, said, I'm looking at retiring. And I thought, that's a novel concept, you know. It's not in the Bible anywhere, and yet we, it's part of our culture, isn't it? I mean, we all talk and think about that constantly, but in the Bible, there was never such a thing as retirement. But I can tell you this, that in the Bible, there was this concept of being blessed to be a blessing, and it was for a season of life, for a season, and that season was your entire life. We're all called to be a blessing constantly. Randy knows this best. Keep it simple, Sarah, K-I-S-S. Keep it simple, Simon. Keep it simple, Saul. I'm trying to be politically correct and include both men and women in this. Jesus, This is one of the lost sayings of Jesus. Did you realize that? somewhere about uh, Matthew 29, I think. He He made it so clear, so simple, so easy, what he taught us and what he showed us. I read this week, someone said, we, as followers of Jesus, need to be the window through which most people get their first glimpse of Jesus. Most people just won't go to to some church service on their own. They won't just go to some Bible study. It's what they see in your life and my life, the glimpses of Jesus coming out, that that they get that. Whoa. Whatever they have, I want. What what makes you happy? What makes you not get down? How do you... That's really not true. We do get down, but He picks us up. He lifts us up. So why missions? Missions is... It's the essence of God. It's the nature of God. It's the nature of Jesus. Jesus went. God sent him. He went. He came to earth. And it wasn't a simple little task that he accomplished. How many of you know where the Great Commission is? Where is that found? Who gave the Great Commission? What was his name? Jesus. Jesus. Well, that's what we think, isn't it? But when you look back to Genesis 12, you realize there are two great commissions. The first was you are blessed to be a blessing. The second is this. Jesus says, um, He came to the disciples and said, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Go to the people of all nations and make them my disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach them to do everything I have told you. I will be with you always, even until the end of the world. Now, this is given for all of us. It wasn't just given for Randy, Brian, me, paid staff, paid missionaries. It's all of us who are called to bless and all of us who are called to go. Now, what you want to be careful of is where God sends you. Because <laughs> like my friend who went with me to Paul found out, he didn't really want to go. It was so romantic to him until he got there. And boy, then the romance was off. <laughs> the wedding was off, boys. I'm telling you. He was, he was just useless. But the Great Commission, Jesus says that we're going to go to all nations as we go. Actually, it's translated, as you are going daily, bless others. That's the bottom line here. That's the, that, that's the translation. That's the interpretation. That's it simply in a nutshell. You're blessed to be a blessing. Now go do it. Get on with it. At school, at work, at home, in your neighborhood. Be a blessing. Um, What are the needs? Why, Why do we do what we do? Because Jesus told us to go. Because God commanded it. You notice in either of these passages, both Genesis 12 and Matthew 28, it is not optional. If you feel like going, guys, go. If you feel like blessing, okay, it'll be okay. It's not an option. It's a command, both be a blessing and go. Now, how do we go and where do we go is the question that many of you are asking. And it's simple. Just go to your neighbors, your friends. Start where you are. That's what he taught the disciples. So what are the needs? There's approximately 7.1 billion people on planet Earth today. 2.2 billion claim to be some sort of Christian. 4.9 billion, basically 5 billion, are lost. Nearly two-thirds of that 5 billion live in North Africa, the Middle East, and Asia. Think of China alone over a billion, India alone almost a billion and a half now. We're talking about North Africa, the Middle East, and Asia. We're talking about the evening news. We're talking about the headlines that come across your computer every day. Almost probably, uh, you know, the 40 top stories that come across your, your computer every day, one of them, if not mo- all of them, are going to come from some story from North Africa, the Middle East, or Asia. And so we have a lot of work to do because there's seven or five billion people who don't know Jesus who live in that region, and it's not an easy region. Just think about the religions alone. Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism. None of them are very eager to hear anything about Jesus. And sometimes most of the persecuted places in the world where Christians are persecuted are found in these three regions. These places are tough. These places are challenging. It's challenging. The languages are challenging. The religion's challenging. The food's challenging. Everything about them is challenging. So what's the re- church's report card in all this? If you've been on the Internet lately, if you've read the news, if you've watched the evening news, I would guess that our, we're not doing very well. The Report card, we're, we're not getting a very high mark here because every day we hear about the terrorists We hear about drugs, slavery, the sex trade, disasters, and the poor. That's what we're called to go to and to bless. There's a large church in St. Louis, and many of their staff are friends of mine, good friends, and some of their other leaders, elders, and so forth. And they are in South City, where we live. They're in the the hood, as we call it. And those people... I often I will ask them, they'll say, hey, we're going to start a new program, or we're all excited, you know, we're going to have a children's day at the zoo, or, or, you know, whatever. And I ask them often, so how's that working for you? You know, I know you're a big church, and you've got four campuses now, and yada, yada. But the bottom line is, is crime down in South City? What about gun violence? Is that down in South City? What about... Heroin, cocaine, has that diminished? Is that dropped off? Unfortunately, no. What about homeless families or individuals? No, they're all reported being out of control. So I just want to ask those churches that are so proud of their four campuses and their all those other things, and I'm not... I'm not trying not to be critical. Please understand me. I'm thankful for what they do. But if you're looking at the size of the building and the number of people and what offering they took, my question is always, how many many people did you reach this week that were on the street? How many sex trade slaves were rescued this week? Those are the questions that I ask. So we need to make up for some lost time, church. Serve or serve? Which will it be? Serve with a capital S or serve with a small S. Churches often we focus on, on, you know, we talk about, and again, don't don't misunderstand me and don't don't think I'm being critical. My friend who met with me a few weeks ago told me he was going to be going into the ministry. He's going to leave his job. And what'd you do yesterday, Dan? You weren't in the ministry yesterday? Well, you know what I mean. No, I don't know. That's the problem. We're all waiting for me and Dan and Randy and Brian to do the stuff that Jesus expected all of us to do. You know, when you stand before Jesus and he says, you know, what what did you do on earth? Well, I was a parking lot attendant. I made the tea. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Those all are great. But the bottom line is, how did, you, how did you serve your neighbor? Jesus says the greatest is love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And second, is likened to it, love your neighbor as yourself. The world's going in the wrong direction, and we have to make a difference. What are the, some of the things that make a difference? Well, the first one is realize that as a Christian, you don't always have to talk. Don't talk until you've listened. Don't tell God's story or your story until you've heard their story. Hold a hand. Pay it forward. Give a cup of cold water. Rant, do random acts of kindness. And finally, that one word. I had a pastor tell me not long ago, if you come to our church to speak, please don't mention sacrifice. Ooh, that's a tough one. I think Jesus died on the cross. What, will you, what do you call that? That's not Sacrifice? We need to do unusual and unique missions. We must; These have to be employed. The Apostle Paul says, by all means, or better translation, is whatever it takes. And that's what we've been trying to do. Partner with nationals to do whatever it takes. Now, followers of Jesus are called to do three things. To pray without ceasing. That's part of the, our command. That's part of what we do. We give... Jesus says, go sell all that you have, give it to the poor, and come follow me. Sometimes giving is our time. Sometimes it's our money. It's various things that we give. And finally, he says, go. So for some of us, it's easier to pray and to give than it is to go, like my friend found out in Nepal a few years ago. It's much easier. You should be praying, God, please call me to be a giver. I don't want to go smell the curry. I don't want to go smell the open sewers. I don't want to see the leper. I don't want the little kid with AIDS running up and grabbing me by the leg and wiping his nose on me. So send, send Gary. <laughs> Give me the money to help him go. <laughs> well, I'll pray for him. But... Just let me hunker down here and do the praying. And it's important. It's needed. I need prayer partners. I need prayer warriors. To reach these people, though, I need the church and individuals to go the next step. So the bottom line for scriptures are these. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. When did I see... Jesus tells the disciples, tells the Pharisees, when did I see you naked? They're going to ask him this. When did I see you naked, hungry, homeless, sick, in prison, or out of work or helping the refugees? Those are a simple way to start going to the neighbor, to the friend, to the person down the street. Unless it appears that you hate father, mother, sister, and brother, you cannot be my disciple. Now, the key word to this passage is the word appears. Do you, do you not love your mother, Gary? You're always gone. You weren't there last year for her birthday. Of course I love my mother. But it appears to you that I don't because the call of God is pretty important too. Helping my mom is important, but helping her neighbor is also important. Go sell everything and come follow me. You know, the first sermon and the last sermon Jesus preached, he preached it five times. is a lot different than mine this morning or Randy's typically. Two words, follow me. He said it at the beginning of his ministry. He said it at the end. Follow me. Keep it simple. Take up your cross daily and follow me. Now we're blessed to bless others. And this is where we are going to wrap it up unless we as Jesus followers focus actively on going and blessing, the evening news will never change. The internet headlines will still be what they are. A doctor and his wife at 1987 at the Urbana, I was the liaison coordinator for Urbana 87, gave their testimony one night at one of the meetings here at the assembly hall, and this is what he said, I went into medicine to become a medical missionary. We graduated and we were preparing to go overseas and my wife got this debilitating disease. We struggled with God for four or five years. You know, why can't we go? And in that four or five years, there were other missionaries who were going that we sent, we helped them go. The last I heard, this couple, through his practice, who've never been able to go, have sent 15 missionary families all on their own. Now, I would guess that those 15 families probably did more than he and his wife could do by themselves. So, God may have a different plan for you or for me. So, the question is, how are you going when you leave here today? How are you blessing? Last slide. When I was in Nepal, I got to go to the rescue house this trip. And this is what I met, I met 29 girls who were either rescued at the brothels in Kathmandu or at the border going into India. The youngest was eight, the oldest was 19. The average age was 13. I need to tell you, these girls want to erase everything in their mind that's gone on in the last two, three, four, five, ten 10 years. And the only desire they really have is to be little girls again. And unless you and I do something different than we're doing, this is just 29 of them. There are thousands. One of the things Sundar's ask is, can, can I help him build a new rescue house in South Kathmandu? So my challenge to you is... Pray, pray, pray. Give, give, give. If God sends you, go. If not, help the others get there.